Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, and that means you're listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the one day a week, ladies, that we try to set aside, especially, not exclusively, but especially for you. Uh, My beautiful bride, Paula, is live in the studio with me, and we're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions, whether it's Bible questions, relationship questions, whatever's on your heart and mind, we will answer as best we are able to do. Our phone number is 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-6... I just had a brain fade. 630 KSLR 630-5757. Well, I I, t- I was thinking today uh, that's one number from Paula's phone number, and I thought I can't give Paula's phone number out, so that's what I was doing. Anyway, um, you can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send your questions in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, please be careful, but use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now button and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Now, I have to warn you in advance, audience, that if you hear sneezing and sniffling and coughing, Paula is having a mountain cedar slash dust attack. It's driving her crazy today, and she's not the only one coming to the studio. There was a whole bunch of other people suffering from the same thing with this front that's brought it all in. So she's having a hard time. Now, you look beautiful, but I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. When the roof of my mouth is itching and, uh, yeah, oh, I can hear my voice trying to go, too. You have to be fixed because you're singing Sunday. I know. Well, we'll see. Maybe you could just lip sync. I could do that. I could do that. There are some times when I don't know the words. That's exactly what I'm doing. Take it away, Pastor Elaine. <laughs> Go on, Jocelyn. You could do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, feel better. We're praying for you. Thanks. The audience will be praying for you. Yeah. Mountain Cedar is evil. It really is evil. All the people that, that always say, well, I want the winter to come. I want cold weather to come. You, can, you don't get cold weather here without mountain cedar. I know. Yeah, you know, it is, it's the wind is really bad out there. And so it's just made it worse. So um, That's yeah. why we have mountain cedar, because those cold fronts come in, and mm-hmm. it's evil. Yeah, it is. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I was at home this week, and, you know, you, you say ask the Lord questions if you want to know the real answers and stuff. And so, you know, he's been telling me to be patient with me, be patient with me. So I was saying, you know, just walking around the house and I don't know. I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, that doesn't that doesn't really sound like that's what you meant, you know. And so I was <laughs> I was talking. I mean, seriously, how dare you not be patient with you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm thankful that he's patient with me. So I was th- thinking about it. And so kind of felt like the Lord said, not be patient with me, but be patient with me. (laughs) That's a big difference, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I was just laughing so hard at the house. And so when you came home, that's what I told you. I said, babe, guess what the Lord said? You know, and people say, how does the Lord speak to you? Well, this is what he said. Be patient with me, not with me. So that just makes so much sense. But I, I, I probably laughed at myself all alone in the house. You know how I can be. A good 10 minutes. See, punctuation is everything, isn't you it? Know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've just been laughing kind of at that and saying, you know what, Lord, that just makes way more sense. So for those of you out there who really want to know, all you have to do is ask him. He'll let you know. <laughs> so yesterday's study, um, you know, with David, <clears throat> excuse me, had to clear my throat there a little bit. Uh, this, I think this was one of the best messages, not an easy message, but a, a really, really good one that will help all of us. You know, we make, some people do, make New Year's resolutions or, you know, last night we, well, in the last couple of weeks we've been having so many new people. But last night there were at least five new men, and I always like that when the men come, because if the men get right with the Lord, then their wives and their children, the whole household, you know, um, it just makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was able to say that to a couple of them anyway last night, but <clears throat> your message on um, flesh stinks, you know, and doesn't it ever, and you ask that question, what has your flesh ever done for you um, that was good? You know, we, that moment of pleasure, because you know me, I want to give people a, a piece of my mind when, you know, they get on my last nerve. I want to tell them what what I think about. It. And that's another one of those things where you can hear not an audible voice or anything, but, you know, our Lord has a sense of humor. Excuse me, pardon me, Paula, but you don't have many pieces of, <laughs> of mind left to be given out. You know, if you didn't have the mind of Christ, uh, you'd be just nothing. So um, to be able to to understand the the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. You know, that's why I get into our word is so valuable. We'll recognize, ooh, me wanting to give a piece of my mind or ooh, me wanting uh, <clears throat> to be get revenge or ooh, um, being puffed up in any way, you know. You know, or staying angry at somebody rather than extending forgiveness. Um, um, wanting to be vindicated in a particular situation, all the things that our flesh really wants, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's it's those things, but it's it's also overt um, immorality. Our flesh wants to destroy us, and um, in fact, uh, I don't hype my own messages, but that's a really important message. So if you in the audience uh, are struggling at all with your flesh, and who among us is not at mm -hmm. some point? Um, listen to the Bible study that I did last night from Second Samuel chapter 1, the first 16 verses. Uh, read it and then sort of follow along uh, in your Bible while we do the study as though you were here. Because the Spirit of God was really moving last night and, and people were, were, were being spoken directly to. And, and I think the problem, God was saying, you know, the problem is you. Mm -hmm. Kill your flesh. You're, you're too nice with your flesh. Uh, our flesh wants to destroy us. We 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 want our flesh to feel satisfied, so we <laughs> assist the flesh in destroying us. And it was really, really, I think, uh, a, a Bible study that people need to hear. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that <clears throat> you know, as you go and teach other places, you'll be taking that message. Yeah, because we all, I mean, and and the flesh never gives up. Until we're with Jesus, he's just kind of like a sneaky, you know, a rat or a mouse. All he needs is like a quarter of an inch because they can squish their bodies down low enough to get through that kind of. That that's what that's what the enemy is like. He's just looking for any little opening to try to get in there, you know. Uh, especially those things where, oh, I've mastered that. You know, I forgave that person. Mm -hmm. You know, and you think you think you're okay, and then. Something comes up and flashbacks come and, well, maybe I didn't really forgive him. Um, but 
though we have, the enemy wants to still kind of get in there and worm his way in and make a mess of things. So um, the, he doesn't need much of an opening. No, the warning to unfortunately it's our flesh that gives it to him. Yeah, the warning to stay on guard and to um, instead of initial flesh reaction to stop and think for a minute. I think that's why that scripture, at least this one says for me, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry in, in James 1, I think 18, 19, somewhere in there. Um, so that that one really is a good one. Um, you know, Pastor Ron, it's so exciting to see people come to church and get saved and um, really uh, give their hearts to the Lord and start walking in that fullness. But I have problems with those of us, including myself, who, you know, we walk along doing really well, <clears throat> and then we kind of get tripped up and we get stuck. You know, I think that's that was really a, a good thing for that message to come along last night as well. So for those who, you know, were going along pretty good for a little while, and maybe you've, you've messed up and you're kind of stuck, um, Last night we sang a song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me, you know, and uh, His Grace, I, I like in that picture that's be on this wall behind us, you can explain the picture, um, where Jesus is extending His arm out to, you know, oh, come on baby, take my hand and get up again, um, and let's start over. I like that, because my favorite thing about Jesus, you already know, is is his forgiveness and um and as Jocelyn and I were talking to uh I can't, he's younger than me I don't know if he's younger than Jocelyn last night but um that's what we were able to tell this young man you know my favorite thing about the Lord is his f- forgiveness and Jocelyn's favorite thing about the Lord is his faithfulness and um you know with both of those going hand in hand um, he's faithful to forgive for those of you out there who need some forgiveness today. Um, the Lord is right there saying, I forgive you. Yeah, but see, Paul, even, even that, accepting forgiveness, um, even that is uh, inhibited by our flesh mm-hmm. uh, because our flesh makes us feel guilty. Our flesh makes us feel condemned. Our flesh feels like our flesh feels like giving up. Um, just it's it's a difficult thing, um, and that's why we've got to kill the flesh in order to enjoy those two things mm-hmm. or, or anything from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we want uh, people to speak well of us, if we want attention for what we do, that's just all flesh. Yeah. Uh, when we turn on filth on a computer screen, mm-hmm. that's just satisfying the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And and when I said. What has your flesh ever done? If you're honest and you think back, other than a moment or two of pleasure, your flesh has never done one productive thing, mm-hmm. one positive thing for you in, in your entire life. And what we've got to do is declare war, not on the world, not on the things going on, but on our own flesh, because our flesh desires to do nothing more than destroy us. Yeah. So... Again, if, if we're going to take advantage of God's amazing grace, I, I closed the message last night with a lyric from that song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're not amazed every day by it, it's because we're we're being inhibited by our own flesh. One of the things that I said, and I've gotten several emails now um, um, responding to it, one of them was that, that um, the single most disappointing thing to me being a Christian for 27 years, nearly 27 years, from what I thought would would be my Christian experience when I first got saved, is is that my flesh is no better today than it ever was. And you know, Paula, this breaks my heart, but we ask people if they're Christians, and they'll respond with, well, I'm trying to be. And, and I, I honestly don't know what that means. You either are or you aren't, and yet our flesh demands that we try to prove ourselves to God. I'm going to try to be good. I'm going to try to do God, do good, and then that that just gives the enemy a bigger opening. When in fact we fail, and we always are going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, we beat ourselves up, and our first response is, "Oh man, I should be more mature than this. Mm-hmm. I should be better than this by now." I thought I was done with that, mm-hmm. and that's just flesh. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the key to this battle is understanding that your flesh will 
never ever die lest you yourselves kill it and if you kill the flesh every day then you're equipped to stand with Jesus but bef- but unless you do that every day and sometimes many times throughout the day um, we're going to respond in our flesh we're going to find ourselves in an embarrassing or compromising situation uh, yeah I uh <laughs> I've learned over many years not to take that whip and just continue beating myself when I mess up. Instead, just to say... It took you a lot of years. It took me a lot of years. Yes. Maybe just last week. No, but it took me a lot of years um, to say, well, of course I messed up. You know, if I get any distance from the Lord or, and or, I, I say this all the time, I'm still in my flesh. It's not really sanctified. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm going to mess up. And so let me not waste any more time soaking that's why I'm talking to the people in the audience. Um, stop sulking. You're a sinner. If you're a Christian, you're a saved sinner, praise the Lord. Um, but it's sinning is what we do. But let's not stay there. Let's get up, aim for perfection, and be about our Father's business. I'm going to come. And the fact that we fly, our, our flesh gets in control uh, shouldn't disappoint us. It shouldn't surprise us. Um, if we do something in a moment of flesh that really... Um, surprises us, um, then we're, we're too full of ourselves. We think more highly of ourselves mm-hmm. than we ought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really believed as a brand new Christian, Paula, that, that there would come a time when uh, I'd have this whole Christian thing figured out and I'd be nearly perfect. I know. You I know. know. And, I did too. And it just never happened. Mm-mm. But our perfection comes from the one who was perfect. And all we have to do is die to the flesh every day so that, in fact, then we can live in the power of his righteousness by faith. Mm-hmm. The real us is Christ in us, the hope of glory. But, uh, but when our flesh assumes control, whether it's for a minute, a day, a week, or, or, or a year, um, uh, we leave a trail of destruction uh, in our wake. And, and, and there's no Christian on this earth, certainly none in this listening audience, who... Uh, is exempt from this. When we mess up by getting some distance between us and Jesus, we're gonna gonna hurt people. Yeah, we're gonna hurt people. I said last night to our church. I said, I, I can't imagine what it would be like not to be your pastor because my flesh won, and that that means I have to wage this war every day. And I think um, Paula, that we we get so discouraged that we're not getting better in our flesh. Mm-hmm. Remember that the Bible has no reform program for the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's just destruction, utter destruction. But but we do these things and we think, well, I should be better than that by now. Um, there's only two responses. One is to to just give up. Well, what's the what's the point? I can't be any better. I'm I'm embarrassed now. I've done terrible things. Mm-hmm. Or we run to Jesus. Yeah. And, and that ought to be the, the remedy, of course. But too often we just give up. Well, what's the, what's the point if I'm not going to get any better? Um, because I know I'm not going to get any better. Uh, I want to be with Jesus every minute of every day. Yeah, that's why you keep saying, just be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, I'm talking to the people who um, maybe have messed up so bad and now they're too ashamed to come back to church. They've been away for a while because they did that thing again. Um, Get up. Go back. Say you're sorry to the people you hurt. Yeah. I, I think... First and, for, first and foremost, say, say you're sorry to Jesus. Of course. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people will say they're sorry to Jesus, but they won't say they're sorry to people. And so um, if that's you, again, that's flesh too. That's pride. That's what you were talking about last night. People can stay at home and they can eat quietly in their brain, um, say they're sorry to Jesus all day. It's saying they're sorry to people. That exposes their flesh. That's and and then they they don't want to do that. They want to say they're sorry to Jesus, but they don't want to say they're sorry to people. And so, you, but you have to. God puts people in our lives to help us learn how to submit, how to live out this Christian life. And so, um, last night you were saying to um, husbands and fathers and wives and mothers, you know, if you have disappointed your kids, if you have misspoken, if you misbehaved um, to them, that they need to say they're sorry. Not just to Jesus, but to the people. To, to, yeah, to, you talk about humbling yourself to the yeah. kids. Yeah. To the kids. You know, Paula, one of the things in this, let me let me give phone numbers here because okay. we'd love some input on this. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. That's 340-9585. Um, 
we need to understand the, the things that children have heard their moms and dads say to each other and about one another in anger um, are horrifying. And it scars children. And we think, well, well, you know, nobody can get along all the time, so it's just an argument. No, your children are unsettled. They're being uh, embittered toward our God by the behavior of moms and dads. Yeah. And I said last night in the Bible study that if you're guilty of saying those things in the hearing of your children, you need to sit your kids down and explain to them that that was your flesh winning. That was sin. And I'm sorry. And yeah. please, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And then, then the other side of that is our flesh doesn't want to do that to our children because we want to hold on to the veneer that our kids love us and respect us and and we can do no wrong. I'll never forget the first time that I heard my dad use the worst of the worst cuss words. I was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I was devastated that my dad, who was my superhero, (laughs) at least I thought, Mm -hmm. could use language like that. And and you know what? Uh, he never said I'm sorry to me. But but as Christians, we've got to destroy our flesh and humble ourselves so that God can um, put things back together. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of years ago with some of the grandkids, you know, and they were just they had the attitude that grandma and grandpa was supposed to just buy them and do for them everything that their little hearts demanded, you know. And, so I was letting them know that they had the wrong grandma. Um, but I, I didn't say it in such a, a nice way. And so I, I remember being convicted. And I had to say, you know, I'm sorry to them. And then I called their parents to say, this is what happened. And, you know, um, grandma misrepresented the Lord. And, and um, did they did they let you know that we had a discussion and that I apologized to them? The kids didn't think anything of it. So they hadn't even reported it to their parents, but between the Lord and I, I knew that's what I needed to do. And the humbling process is one that, you know, I don't want to do that again. It makes you remember. Um, but I, I didn't have that burden of guilt or any kind of a cover-up or I hope they don't say anything, none of that stuff, you know. Um, just to, like you say, keep short accounts, not only with the Lord but with people. Um, it's just freeing. Being here at this church, I usually apologize to people right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> so how how long have you been coming here? Oh, this is my first time. Okay, let me just tell you right now. Get it out of the way. I'm sorry. And they're like, what? You haven't done anything. I was like, just wait. If you come back two times. <laughs> but um, because we are flesh and we are going to mess up. Yeah. But, but see, it's it's flesh, though, that gets offended when when somebody looks at us the wrong way or somebody says something and you don't think they said it nicely enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's our flesh. It, we can't worry about the, the flesh in the other person. It's our flesh. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and yet that happens in churches everywhere, uh, every time people are together. Um, and that sure isn't as friendly as somebody thinks they ought to. Or uh, I use the example Sunday in our church where... where um, People will come with children, will strongly suggest that they go to children's church, and they'll leave in a huff because they can't tell me where my kid... You know, that's just flesh. Yeah, I know. That's just our flesh. Instead of uh, believing the best, instead of letting the love of God pour from us and through us, mm-hmm. um, we give in to our flesh. And that's what's the source of quarrels and arguments in the home. Uh, it's we don't get our own way. And um, and we don't like it. Our flesh wants to re- resist and rebel, and that's exactly what it does. Mm-hmm. We'll take three minutes, Paul. Okay. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Lord is saying, you know, if, if you will just do things my way, don't you think I'll take care of you? And so, you know, submitting or just giving up the surrendering and being uh, vulnerable, we don't like it, but I tell you what, God is so faithful, Jocelyn. So faithful that he will take care of you. Okay, you want to move on to another subject? Well, we've only got, uh, we're in about, almost about two minutes. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I've been kind of talking about, because I'm, I'm, I'm studying for this, uh, Live Loved. That's one of those titles for the one of the retreats I'm going to be doing. Live Loved. And I almost wore my shirt today that says Flawless, because, you know, that's Living Loved. 
you know, how beautiful you are, my darling, there is no flaw in you. I heard you say you heard that. The, you heard the question yesterday, uh -huh. why was the, the Shulamite um, uh, preoccupied with her dark skin, mm -hmm. uh, her appearance? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, you know, that story always kind of points to me, to me sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my dark skin flesh or attitude, but I like that story uh, a lot. But, yeah. Um, she was just made to do all the work. But anyway, my flawless T-shirt, because I'm living loved, and that's one of my favorite scriptures. And then last night, again, that song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me, you know, your love um, is a mystery. That he loves us, knowing every single thing about us. He loves us. Anyway, another one of my songs, I almost said, another one of my jams is, your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. And so, I, that's... I. You know, my gift of encouragement, and it's not my gift, he's given me uh, just a gift of encouragement, and I really, really feel like I'm encouraging people to live loved, to know that they are flawless, even though we look in the mirror and we see all of our flaws. We, we've lived with ourselves for so long, and we've messed up so many times. Um, we see all that, but to remember that Jesus is grace, he sees us perfect and I just I really feel like I'm encouraging somebody or somebody's I feel like that's the, mm -hmm. what the Lord's wanting me to do today your grace is a it still amazes me your love is still a mystery mm -hmm. I like the song amazing thing mm -hmm. hey we've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program you're listening to the words of stand on for life 340-9585 or toll free you can call us at 877-630-5757. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the final 30 minutes of the date day edition program 340-9585 for your live calls and questions paula you were about to change the subject one more time we apologize for the sniffing and the sneezing <laughs> And the deep voice. Oh, I yeah. hate it when your voice is so much deeper than mine. Well, you know. You that's my flesh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Don't be jealous, Pastor Ron. Yeah. <clears throat> Winnie the Pooh and Mama Paula the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Barry White's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I'm going to change the subject, but I'm going to change the subject again. Yesterday oh. you were talking about how old we are getting. Ari, our first grandchild, turned 15. Our baby son turned 43 yesterday. And then our oldest granddaughter will be 13 Saturday. Wow. You know, with some of the other kids, and they're talking about their daughters, you know, all turning 13 and stuff. I said, excuse me, you're talking about your children. I have grandchildren. <laughs> you know, but anyway. So, you know how every morning we get up and... I say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? You know, and um, this walking in your giftedness, Lord. Um, I, I, I want to be faithful, not to perform, but to enjoy the gift. Because um, we were talking Tuesday night at, at worship practice, um, remaining humble and being on stage in front of people, you know, um, I used to be on stage, okay, Lord, I know you want me to sing on the worship team, but I would not open my eyes to see them because I wanted to, like an ostrich, pretend that it was just the Lord in me because I was so afraid because I'd kind of been in a, uh, not to a great extent, but um, in a performing situation when singing. <clears throat> and now I'm singing Christian songs, and I didn't want to step across that line of, you know, performing, you know, people are, I would try to get people to come to church, and the Lord let me know that that was okay, but I would say, I'm singing, I'm singing on the worship team today, like to our kids or family, other family members, you know, just to get them to church, and um, so that, that, that line that of performing and enjoying the gift, can you kind of shed some light on that? 
Well, I, when we were talking about it today, Paula, I, I said that we all know when we've crossed that line. Uh, we may be able to hide it from other people. I'll give you an example. We uh, had a pastor's conference when Pastor Chuck was still alive, uh, the founder of Calvary Chapel, uh, with senior pastor's conference in Southern California. And uh, this was the last year this happened, but but he, he had a, a whole worship band from one of the churches in Orange County uh, leading worship. And they were going to lead it for the entire uh, entire session, um, which which would be probably 10 different sets of worship over three days. Oh, wow. And they came out in the very first session in the morning and opened up, and, and they were spectacular in terms of quality. Uh, the, the talent was amazing. Had a little mini choir, um, but but uh, full instrumentals, and I mean, just just as fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the lead guitar player was all over the stage. I mean, you'd have thought he was at a Van Halen concert or something, um, but but all over the stage, and um, you know, musicians are. Sometimes they have to deal with their flesh, just like the rest of mm-hmm. it. And and this guy was so clearly performing. Uh, I didn't know him, but uh, it, it was obvious, and it was uncomfortably obvious. Uh, so after the worship set was over, Pastor Chuck um, walks to the microphone, as he did to introduce the agenda for the day. And he said, you know, he had a deep, rich, baritone voice. He said, you know... If I was the pastor of that man and of that worship team. Now, by the way, the pastor was also on the worship team because he's a great musician. And he said, if I was the pastor of that worship team, I would be embarrassed by the level of performance. And you could hear the hush in the audience. And the pastor was sitting in the front row because he just exchanged seats with Pastor Chuck. And the worship team was still going off the stage. So everybody heard it. And you know what? It needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Now, he might have done it privately and he might have done it uh, a little more gently. But it needed to be said. Um, and uh, they didn't come back and, and play for the rest of the conference. You know, we had uh, guitars and acoustic sets, uh, which was fine. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, sometimes we, we, we want to be noticed so badly, and I hate to keep referring to this because it's on my mind and heart, but, but that's just flesh. We, when we're good at something, we want people to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when we're involved in using the gift of God, the gift of God is designed only to point to God. Mm-hmm. And and that means it doesn't matter if you're good. Now we don't want worship to be bad ever. No, there's I mean, n- there's no excuse yeah. for being bad. Yeah. But we don't want it to be something that draws attention away from Jesus, and and on to others. Uh, you you, were, you know all the times we've had people come uh, to Calvary Chapel and they've joined our worship in the in the sanctuary. And immediately worship stopped because they drew all the attention themselves, whether it was with tambourines in the audience or people wanting to run around the the sanctuary. Or sing um, louder oh, than everybody yeah, else. We, we, we've had all, and, and, and it just it, it immediately takes all the attention away from Jesus. That's when we get into a, a place of performing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's using your gift of encouragement. You know, if you're encouraging people so that they say, oh, Paul is so nice, if that's your goal, you, you're... you're, you're taking away from God. Yeah. But uh, it's just something that we really have to focus on. And honestly, there, it's a line that every one of us knows the moment we cross it. Mm-hmm. Pastors will exp- uh, expand a little untruthfully on a story a little bit. Or um, they'll, they'll use a, a, a shocking word to make sure everybody knows that they're hip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll tell a story uh, or use uh, an illustration that's a little off-color. Um, well, that ceases to be using our gifts for the glory of God. And when we use our giftedness for us, uh, that's when it really stinks. Mm-hmm. And so we, we know when we do it, we've just got to resist the flesh that tells us to do it. Yeah. And I tell you, the faithfulness of God I was sharing with the worship team, you know, because we're talking about humbling yourself. Because if you don't, God will. Um and I just remember one time, you know, just I must have been off a little bit and I couldn't remember the words. And so as we're singing the song, you know, it's getting ready to come and I can't remember the words. So the Lord and I are having a, in my heart, 
kind of a conversation, saying, Lord, I know you've gifted me to do this, and so I'm counting on you. Just give me the next word, because I don't want to be a distraction. You know, you're starting to make talk to the Lord about, okay, Lord, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above. You've given me this, this gift to be able to sing and make a joyful noise, but I want to be sure that it's you who's doing this and, and for you, and I'm going to open my eyes like you told me to, he said, because they need to see the light of Christ coming from me. And I'm going to rely on you, he says, because I know the next word. And so it was as though I was singing that song that day, and I got one word at a time, right on time. And from that time since, um, yeah, I put the work in and trying to know the song, but at, at the very moment that the Lord needs to like put that thorn in the flesh, he can make my mind go to mush and say, I'm going to give you one word at a time just to make sure you're relying upon me, Paula. Is that okay with you? Yes, Lord. Yeah. You know, Paula, this is one of those things. I don't know how we would ever explain to Jesus face-to-face why we use the gift he gave us to draw attention to us. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a, a pastor that wants to entertain... Um, a worship leader, a lead guitar player that wants everybody to see how good they are. How would we ever explain that to Jesus on the day that we stand before Him? And I, I think again, our flesh doesn't want to doesn't want to go there um, because our flesh so enjoys the attention. But we that's why if we kill the flesh, we we get to that place where we say, well, God, every good and perfect gift is from above, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I want to exalt the one who is above. Yeah. Our Father, which art in heaven, the question I just say, why, why do we pray that? Well, one, is because that's where he is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's the one that gets all of the glory. I always think about Isaiah chapter 6 when the angels are seen at the throne of God and they're covering their eyes and they're, 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 they're flying around the throne because holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Even God's holy angels uh, are in awe of his presence. Um, and and they don't want any attention. The angels, when they appear, uh, Daniel saw a powerful angel and fell down as dead and, and looked to worship him. And, and the angel said, I am only a servant of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul and Silas, uh, the people wanted to, to worship them. They thought they were Zeus and Hermes in mm-hmm. reincarnated. And, and and Paul said, why are you doing this? They tore their clothes. Why are you doing this? We are only men. We're servants of God. Too many of us in our church culture, um, we would love to be thought of. I'm First Lady. <laughs> no, I'm Pastor Ron's wife, and I'm I'm proud to be that. Um, you know, I'm the pastor's wife. But you know, for, for those of you who don't understand that, uh, Paula is often referred to as either Pastor Paula or the First Lady. Mm-hmm. And and we have to straighten people out because neither of those things is true. Mm-hmm. She just, mm-hmm. my wife and and uh, women can't be pastors. Yeah. But but again, it, it's our, our flesh would love to have that level of attention. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why why if we don't kill the flesh, we're going to fall. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about Dorcas. You know, she, she had made all these garments for the widows and probably many others in in her uh, community and she had a gift to be able to sew and she could be performing and say oh yeah with with her label and all of them you know made by Dorcas don't you forget it kind of thing or she just enjoyed making garments and giving them to the people Um, and then when she died there was a lot of weeping and mourning going on Dorcas is dead, you know. We please don't let her stay dead, you know. So they, so the Lord brought her back. What you think, Peter? Is it Peter? Yes, what Peter Peter raised her from mm-hmm. the dead. Uh, and uh, you, you know, you talk about about being being blessed um, because she was faithful to serve in the name of the Lord and for the Lord's glory. Um, she was able to be used uh, after being raised from the dead, and no doubt would have become a powerful advocate. Um, as a witness of, of this is the power of God in my life. But the, but the idea is she was doing what she was doing because she loved God and didn't want any attention for it, and she pretty much got a lot of attention. Yeah. That's what happens when you get That's what happens. <laughs> it's, it's just 
when the Lord can trust us with that, then he, he will elevate us and we we still elevate him in our elevation. I Paul, let's take a phone call. We've got from uh, San, San Antonio, Cindy on line one. Cindy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. I'm sorry. Um, hi, I'm sorry I missed Wednesday. It sounds like something I desperately need, and I plan on listening to it on, on my uh, laptop as soon as I can and, uh, and apply it to my life. But my question comes with the millennium. I'm still kind of hung up in it. Now, so we, when we die, we go to heaven, and then when the millennium happens, do we go back down to and live in the millennium or or what? And and also my question is that um, will there be regular like living people in the millennium? Because it says later on that Satan is loose again and he um, tempts people and some I guess some people fall, but then the animals are all like without any type of killing instinct. And so then do they fall too or do they just continue? You know. Not um not 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 being, you know, like they are on Earth now. Yep, I I, I can help I, you, Cindy. My question. I'll, I'll yeah, I got it. And then listen. Thank you. I Thank love you, you guys. Thank you. Bye. God bless. You know, in the millennium, we're actually going to come back before the millennial reign starts. Um, if if I were to die today and I'd go be with Jesus, uh, Revelation chapter 19 says that I'll come back with him. He's coming for his earth and he's bringing his inheritance or his reward with him, which means that's that's us. So we'll come back in our glorified, resurrected bodies to an earth that's populated uh, only by physical flesh and blood bodies. So Revelation chapter 19, there's going to be um, uh, the great accounting. Uh, Jesus will destroy his enemies with the word. And then sort of the earth starts over. Um, Jesus will come back. He will rule from the city of Jerusalem, the city of David, um, as just as God promised. We will in some way, Cindy, that is not explained to us in any detail at all in Scripture, will rule and reign with him. I tease people here all the time. I'll probably get San Antonio, or at least be part of the, the, the team in San Antonio. But uh, we'll be in our glorified, resurrected bodies when we return with him um, in Revelation chapter 19. Uh, in the millennium, for a thousand years, now remember, the people that make it out of the Great Tribulation, um, it, it will be about, and this is a number that I'm going off memory, so it might not be exactly right, but it'll be about uh, less than a third of the people that started the Great Tribulation will still be alive uh, on the earth. Um, they will go into the millennium to, to the millennial reign in their flesh and blood bodies. So they will, uh, life will go on. They will marry, and uh, the, the only difference will be that as they marry and have children, and and as they work, um, um, not the kind of jobs maybe that we think of today, but but whatever it's going to look like. Um, they will be in their flesh and blood bodies, but because of the transformation, the Bible says in, in the later chapters of Isaiah that the infant will die at the age of 100. So, so if somebody dies at 100 years old, it'll be a, a big shock. So we'll live throughout the millennial reign, the, the overwhelming majority of people. Uh, some who die will die because they've been judged by God. Justice in the millennial reign will be um, uh, swift and perfect. So if they rebel, um, people will be judged and some will, will, will give their lives. Remember, they'll still have a sin nature, but they will be legislated by force. They will have no opportunity, Cindy, to make a choice of their own free will to serve God. Everybody will be forced to serve God. He will be a potentate. He will be uh, a, a benevolent dictator, but a dictator nonetheless. And, and any rebellion, any injustice will be dealt with immediately. So at the end of the thousand years, we're told that Satan will be let loose, and the purpose for him being let loose will be uh, to give those who are in flesh and blood bodies a choice. God never forces anybody to serve him, so he will give them a choice, a choice to serve God or do evil, reject Jesus or accept Jesus of their own free will. Uh, and sadly, the Bible says not just a few, uh, the, the numbers of those who reject him and who rebel are going to be as the numbers of sand on the seashores. That's just a, a Hebrew way of saying lots and lots of people. 
uh, and then they're going to be judged, thrown into the lake of fire, those who, who committed. The point, Cindy, is, is Jesus is going to prove that the problem was always man's sinful nature. It's not the environment that we're raised in. We have people that are are um, are convinced that everybody is basically good at heart and we're only evil or do evil because of our environment. Well, they're going to live for a thousand years in a perfect environment and they're going to do evil. So when they make the choice, they will live or they will die for eternity. And then those of us who uh, are with him in resurrected bodies, those who get to the place uh, of, of judgment in the great tribulation and are going to go uh, into the new heaven and the new earth, uh, they will be given glorified resurrected bodies as well. And then there will be nothing but perfection for us and nothing but terrible, terrible torment and, and um, um, evil for those who die separated from Christ. One of the reasons, Cindy, that we need to pray uh, fervently for them. Um, uh, the animals will go into the millennial kingdom, but uh, on the new heaven and the new earth, they will not be included. Thank you, Cindy. 340-9585, if you have any questions for Paula or for me. 340-9585. Paula, pick up where you left off. Never mind. My head is kind of filled with mountain cedar. So, and I'm 65. Where was I? <laughs> I've been answering a millennial question. For a yeah, yeah. You were talking about performing and. Oh yeah, performing and enjoying the gift. Um, Matthew Makasadi had told me at uh, Easter that when I was singing, that I kicked my foot. And I was like, really? Yeah, go, mama, kind of thing. Kick my foot. I was enjoying you know, singing something, I said, I didn't realize. So last night, there, or Tuesday night at the uh, worship practice, they were saying, yeah, we want you to do another one of those songs so you can kick your leg out. I was like, Matthew said that, but I don't know what he's talking about, you know? Um, and so... Uh, I, I got I got news for you. Yeah. All of you kick your legs out from time to time. You're having fun. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having fun. It's not a performance that you're putting on. You're not trying to draw attention to you. That's just a normal reaction. We have different personality types and styles. And um, um, I I would pay money to get into church here if, if just to watch you and Joss and Lachelle sing together. Uh, just just because it's 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 just so and because you have so much fun doing it. We really do. We really do. And and not in a performance sort of way, but I want everybody to know that Jesus is fun. He's not like a killjoy. It's not like you have to wear a three-piece suit while you teach the Bible. Or, you know, he, he has he got a sense of humor. I mean, if you look around, he has a real sense of humor. Because <laughs> each one of us is individually or uniquely designed. And, you know... We're funny people. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, I was thinking, oh, wow. That was, you know, I wasn't performing. I didn't even realize it, but I'm having a great time. And when when people come forward, um, when they get saved, you know, and sometimes they're crying, that's that's wonderful. But at the same time, those of us who now have to use our gift, you know, like you sometimes do come up to the, to the podium after... Pastor Lanin's been crying, doing his prayer, and now here you are all cry baby in it. And it's hard to do what you have to do. It, it, it really is hard to cry when you got a microphone strapped to your yeah, face. You know? yeah. It's just one of those things. Yeah. But but see, that's just that's just real, and, and we always want to be real. Yeah. Paula, we're inside four minutes, so... Well, let me think. What else can I talk about? You know, it's, it's a radio program, so you can't have, like, dead air time. Um... But oh, yesterday one of our miracle babies was taking off, was taken off, like not lifeline, not that at all, but uh, where they were having to monitor him the whole time. That's our Alaska baby. Yeah, our Alaska baby, and that's just one one of those things we want to rejoice in again. Thank you, Jesus, and just the the joy of knowing that Jesus hears us. You know, because we've been praying for him for EJ for quite a little while, and now he's free. He didn't have to be. Uh, attached to that cord, and, and I know his mom and dad are just thrilled, and he's doing well. Just so happy that the Lord hears our cry. Um, Monday was the prayer breakfast at our house, the ladies' prayer breakfast, and it's always so cute when when new people come, you know. And Monday we had we had two mother daughter uh, 
situations and uh, for the daughters both time was their first time and I don't have permission to uh, talk about this one lady what she what she said one of the daughters but what a precious precious time it was she's never been to one of these prayer breakfasts never prayed out loud you know um, but she was compelled uh, to pray not like Jesus was saying you have to or else not that at all but um, he just encouraged her and as she prayed what an encouragement it was for for all of us it just you know people don't think they are valuable enough and that's one of my things you don't know your value but when people begin to realize just how much Jesus loves them they can step out in faith and step out um, encouraged that you can't really mess this up. You're praying to um, the creator of the universe. You're not mm-hmm. praying for the other lady sitting in the room kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. What a sweet time it was. Yeah, you, you just brought to mind, just before this program started, we had a whole bunch of kids in the office again mm-hmm. praying for the program as they do every day. And, and a new one came in today. And so we asked him if he wanted to pray. And one of the other kids who knows he's really, really shy, Mm -hmm. he said, it's going to be okay, even though there's like thousands of people here. (laughs) And so I asked him, I said, Trey, do you want to pray? Uh And he says, okay. Mm -hmm. And he said, dear Jesus, thank you for a wonderful day. We thank you for the radio show. Mm -hmm. We pray that Pastor Ron won't mess up. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But see, they're learning. They're learning to pray. They're learning to to just talk to the Lord. So, you know, let's close this program with with, uh, just the encouragement to use your gifts. Uh, step out in faith. Let the Lord stretch you as far as as He wants to do yeah, it. Yeah. Because when you're stretched, you'll be really depending on His strength. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll be one of the people that prayer for the first time, or or just just something great, uh, an opportunity that God will give you. Yeah. But kill the flesh and let the Spirit live. Yes, Amen. Thanks for listening today. And again, seriously, if you are encouraged um, turn around and encourage someone else but if you've been out of church for a while or away and away from the Lord go back he's waiting for you with open arms Lord willing I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions pray for me I'll see you then God bless bye thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.